How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Two Heads Podcast. This is Lee here. Welcome to today's episode, guys. This is Adam. So today's episode is something quite similar, but at the same time very different from what we've done before. Quite similar in the sense that it's just us two dubs talking, <laughs> as it always is. Um, but different in the sense that today's topic hasn't come about through any, you know, we didn't go looking for anything on Instagram or um, anything like that. It's not about us. It's actually the result of a conversation that Adam had a couple of days ago with somebody. So do you want to give a bit of a backstory, Adam? Yeah, I will indeed. So basically I was doing a course over the weekend, which is a life coaching course, and we had a little break. I was staying over with my nanny and during the break, um I was basically asked to like explain what it is that the course is about or you know what exactly is life coaching. And as a result of that conversation, one of the big things that stood out for the person I was explaining it to was about kind of dealing with stress and managing stress, etc. And he asked me a, a very interesting question, which was, do I think young people now grown up in today's world face more or less stress than say previous generations or grown up in different generations? And that was on Saturday or Sunday and it's it's Tuesday now. And I think having had a few days to like think about that question and kind of weigh some things up, I think, even though on the surface it might seem like quite a straightforward question, I think it is quite a deep one and one that you could take so many different directions with. And obviously me and Lee are quite biased in that we've only grown up in one generation, so it's not exactly a fair analysis for us to compare. But I think there's a lot of interesting points that could be spoken about in it that um, hopefully will be interesting to discuss and listen to. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, so this question was put to you on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And do you want to tell the, anybody listening the answer that you gave when you were first asked? Yeah, so my immediate answer was, I don't think it's more or less stressful. I just think there's different kinds of stress that exist for young people nowadays in comparison to previous um, generations. And the kind of examples I gave was just, you know, from speaking with this uh, man in particular, you know, when he grew up, what age would he be in his 50s? Yeah, late 50s. Late 50s. So at his time growing up, you know, he left school very early. I think he was like 11 or 12. <laughs> just went, I think he was working when he was 13 years old and, you know, just out working, etc. And you don't really see that nowadays. And obviously, you know, back then, I think in general, the families probably wouldn't have been as well off as they are today. Um, but similarly, where there's that stress of, you know, the financial side of things and all of that, the access to let's say work or getting into jobs for example whereas he was able to leave at the age of 13 you know and get a job and a decent job and you know continue working at that for the rest of his life or at least up until now i think there's more emphasis nowadays on kids growing up to stay in school and then go to university and do these things and whilst the families may let's say relatively be more um, well off that takes away the financial stress side of things for some people. But there's that added stress then on you have to go to university, you have to do these things, you need to do X, Y, Z. So I think that to say it's more or less stressful is really unfair because I don't think you can really compare. It's like asking, um, you know, who's a better footballer, Cristiano Ronaldo or um, Virgil van Dijk? You know, like they're two different positions. You can't really compare one position with the other. And I think it's kind of similar when it comes to that question. It's like you're trying to compare apples and oranges, you know, it's, so I think to give a direct answer on it is unfair, but I think we can discuss some different aspects of it and maybe come to some conclusion. And so I know I asked you beforehand, did, 
the person who asked you the question give their own answer and you said that they didn't they were just like oh yeah like, going yeah, along what you said but um generally like the way sometimes people ask a question and you can tell by the way they ask the question what kind of answer they're yeah ready to accept did you get any impression like that like was it asked in a sort of like condescending way like oh, so what do you think young people yeah, are? Yeah. or was it just like a, a general question now to be completely honest like i thought he was actually leaning towards saying it is more stressful for young people nowadays growing up which did surprise me to be honest because similar to what you mentioned there now i have heard countless times before of you know people just saying oh you know grown up nowadays compared to back in my day etc what that was yeah, like you yeah. know so i was surprised but no he definitely seemed to be leaning more towards saying it's more stressful in today's world than previous yeah that's interesting yeah i would expect that somebody who's older would yeah. have the opposite view but i don't know <laughs> everybody's different yeah um where in relation to like my answer to the question i'd be very similar to what you said um like i don't think there's any such thing as a easy life or a stress-free life take every life presented unless you have like a trust fund or something I don't know. yeah yeah <laughs> even at that like what do you spend money on yeah. <laughs> um i think every life has its own challenges and its own obstacles um and yeah the ones today are obviously very different to what they once were not to say they're any more stressful or less stressful just unique perhaps yeah. but i feel like your generation or maybe even like your little brother he's 12 like yeah the world he grew, grew up in is very different to the world that maybe the past three or four generations combined have grown up in. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that's going to be, again, not more or less stressful, but just very different in terms of what stresses he faces. Yeah. And maybe it will appear more stressful to us because we won't have faced those challenges. So it'll be like, holy shit, how do you, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. Like when you see like an eight-year-old like on their iPhone and like they're tapping like holding <laughs> the phone with one hand and like the index finger just going yeah. button to button and it looks so complicated. Whereas nowadays like not being able to use an iPhone is like, strange or weird yeah, yeah everybody can um so yeah, and then obviously that's not <laughs> the insult eight-year-olds or whatever mm-hmm. it's just an example that each generation especially as technology evolves you see bigger uh, developments and you know the challenges you face on a daily basis become very different mm-hmm. um but yeah, it is definitely in, like because whenever i think back to the past um and then when i said past <laughs> like to the generation maybe that the person who asked you that question grew up in mm-hmm. so grown up 50 60 years ago yeah not that it seems easier i wouldn't say that but it seems less stressful in the sense that you have less things to worry about mm-hmm. like you worry about is there food on the table is there clothes on your back how's your family down and that's it yeah whereas today you have those worries but on top of that you also have things like the social media image you know comparing yourself to everybody else you see online um I don't know, it just feels like everybody's life has kind of come under a microscope with yeah. you know, Instagram, Facebook, and so and even though like it, it might not be a real stress mm-hmm. in the sense of like there's not actually anybody, you know, who's trying to give you a hard time or whatever yeah, it might yeah, be, it yeah. feels that way. And you kind of convince yourself that like I don't know if you you've been fairly active on social media for the last two years, like since you set up your own yeah. business and trying to promote that. Have you taken anything like a social media detox or like oh for a week I'm not gonna use social media? No, I haven't. I think of posted pretty much every day since yeah. i've set it up because like last year well a couple of times in the past couple of years i've just deleted mine for a couple of weeks or whatever and like i had to say it's been my life has been significantly less stressful when really, i haven't yeah. been on social media i don't know why <laughs> like the, i don't even use social media like i don't you know comment on people's posts and i don't post much myself yeah i kind of just scroll and read and see what's happening but i do find that it becomes almost like a reflex like every single time there's a spare minute 
I check my oh, phone yeah. or even if like 10 minutes passed and I haven't checked I feel like God oh, there must be something new here let's go and sh- sh- um, you ever go to like do something on your phone and just click <laughs> into like Facebook or Instagram and then forget what you even went yeah. on your phone to go uh, so often like you go to search up a certain person yeah. and 20 minutes later like, Wait, what did I and, then, and then you put your phone down you remember yeah. uh, nightmare so yeah like things like that like and again is it more stressful I don't know like, it's not a real thing it doesn't have to be yeah. a phone. like is it it's a choice really but it definitely adds a layer to stress mm-hmm. to your life that I don't think other generations have had to deal with. Um, but again, I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's it very is, hard it to is. say. I think with social media as well, the the aspect of comparison now that young kids have grown up against is obviously a massive stressor, particularly for like young boys and girls in particular, seeing these pictures of what, like, that's that's what a, a man should look like or this is what a girl should look like or this is what success should look like etc and having that like constantly on your phone in front of you mm. it's impossible not to instantly compare yourself to that and yeah, yeah, yeah. automatically going to feel worse about yourself as a result of that yeah and I feel like what well, social media has also done that may have led to increased stress mm-hmm. is it's increased the expectations of what life should be yeah like back maybe 50 or 60 years ago like getting the a nine to five, well paid job, a pension, going out for a few drinks on the weekend, spending the evenings with your family. Like that was like deadly. Like, yeah, yeah all day good, long. Yeah. The way social media is, it's like if you're not earning six figures and you're not yeah. grinding and driving fast cars and all this and that, you're not living properly or like it's not a life worth aspiring to. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of what a normal life look like looks like has become like the kind of life that a very small percentage of people actually yeah. get to live. Um, and obviously like if you're a sixteen year old and you think that the only life worth aspiring to is one where you have more money than you know what to do with and a garage full of cars and all that shit. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you're in for a tough ride. No, absolutely. I think there was actually like a study done recently and I think being a blogger or like a vlogger is like the most popular potential career choice for kids <laughs> when they ask them nowadays. Like it's crazy and I think having, like not that they shouldn't want to do that but I think by having that as like this is what a kid should want to do etc. It's like all the trades of the past, let's say, that would have been, you know, normal to you know, just get an apprenticeship or go into a job, they almost get, like, downgraded to, yeah. like, you know, that, that's what wasters do or this isn't a, a reasonable thing to aspire to be like, you know. Definitely. And unfortunately. Um, yeah. Because, like, what good has it been a, a, you know, computer software engineer if you don't have electricity? Yeah. <laughs> if the electricity, <laughs> if there's no electricians to put the things in place, there's no plumbers like you're gonna flush your toilet you're gonna shit in your hands yeah (laughs) um so yeah it's definitely i would say backwards other people have their opinion but i think the sort of the hierarchy that exists in society today and what we prioritize is upside down Mm -hmm. and even like down to things like climate change like the vast majority of major corporations don't really consider what impact they are having um when like in reality everybody knows if there is no earth or if yeah, earth yeah, is yeah. not habitable nobody like no business or whatever nothing happens but yeah I don't like even because like, you're a personal trainer yeah. um, and obviously a vast amount of the way that you market yourself and reach out to customers is social media based or at least dependent on technology in some form yeah. do you feel like if you had been a lawyer 56 born sorry 50 or 60 years ago do you think you would have been a personal trainer do you think that sort of thing would would have came about the way it did yeah no i don't think i would have been like even like that's another example of how things change you see like how many personal trainers is there nowadays or how big the fitness industry is but 50 to 60 years ago i'm not even sure if 
the word public gyms for people yeah, to go to. Because um, I know when gyms first came to the country, or like when the fitness industry first started, it was more so like nowadays we have little commercial gyms where you can pay like 20 quid a week or whatever, or sorry, a month or whatever it is and like have your membership. Whereas back at the very beginning, I think it was like just, you know, private clubs, you know, like the kind of posh ones. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard the likes of like David Lloyd or like um, Westwood kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it was only really accessible to like wealthy people. Yeah, yeah. So as a result, obviously, we didn't grow up in a wealthy family. So I wouldn't have said I'd have the exposure to it to actually know that this is what I'm passionate yeah, about yeah. or interested in. Um, compared to what the fitness industry is today, where, you know, pretty much i say one in five people as a personal trainer or at least has some interest in working out so even yeah. that is an example of how things change definitely yeah i think back then like exercise was mainly like GAA, hurling soccer yeah. whatever it might be and having kids yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they kids um so there definitely is that sort of cultural shift towards or like hobbies pastimes, whatever yeah. you want to call them and um, which is a reflection of the increased wealth yeah. that exists yeah. in the country um but obviously with and people always say there's more money, more problems. And mm-hmm. um, I definitely do think that, you know, yeah. as you spoke to earlier, like having that increased wealth will maybe it reduces the likelihood of you not having your basic needs, mate. It creates this sort of vacuum. Like if you're not aspiring to just meet your basic needs, what do you aspire to? Yeah. Like what, what replaces that? And I think that's where things like materialism and stuff like that comes in because like if you're just working each week to fulfilled on the table pay the bills whatever obviously it's extremely stressful and like it's it's not a an easy life yeah but if you have all those needs man there's going to be a gap there that you need to work for something you need something to drive you and yeah, push it yeah, yeah. and then i think what we see with a lot of people is that becomes things like status or power or wealth or whatever it might be and i don't know very many of those people who end up happy long term no because <laughs> it seems like a bit of a rabbit wheel yeah like it's just, the more you get the more you want you know what i mean yeah certainly certainly um and especially around the financial side of things it's i'm not sure what it was like in the past but nowadays it feels like money is probably one of if not the most important measure of who you are essentially like i think every i I feel like would almost be deemed as like a failure if like let's say your child doesn't this natural progression or evolution like by that sense it's like well every kid should earn more than their parents are and you know that way and it's like just this added baggage that you're carrying on into the future um like how that kind of transpires and it's like the financial status of somebody is like their measure of success now as opposed to you know their family life or how many kids they've got or etc like even i think values just as a society have kind of shifted as well that put more emphasis on things that in the past wouldn't have been as important yeah definitely Definitely. Do you ever wish you had a grown up a few generations earlier? Sometimes I do, yeah. Sometimes I really um, genuinely do wish that the technology age that we live in right now was um, not present during my lifetime because despite, like, there's obviously loads of benefits of it, but I think sometimes it does just cause more problems than it solves for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree with you. I always wish I was just, like, born in the countryside to <laughs> some, like, little <laughs> farmer family. And I spent my days looking after the sheep and the calves and all that. And like, oh, I, I wouldn't have the nice things I have probably, yeah. but you know, I'd wake up each morning with something to do and something to look forward to. And, yeah. You know, I feel like I've done a good day's work at the end of the day and sleep well yeah. at night. And um, yeah, yeah, like I have all those things now and like, because I've had them and always had them, I take them for granted. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think like, it's easy to kind of romanticize what the past was like mm-hmm. as well. Um, cause obviously we don't know what the exact problems or situations were back then, but I definitely agree with you. I feel like the way that things have evolved and the way that, you know, families, 
in general have gotten wealthier and like things have become so much more accessible it obviously gives a lot more opportunities to people growing up but you know with all those new rights let's say there's new responsibilities that come with them as well and sometimes i don't feel like the gains in access to things that the younger people have nowadays balances itself well against the added stress and pressure that Mm. gets put on them and i i was thinking about in terms of even you know like suicide rates and all that but i think it's a bit of a miscalculated measure because i actually don't know if how they track like suicide rates back then or you know if people were suffering from depression i'm sure they were probably less likely to seek help back then than they would be nowadays etc so i can't for sure say that you know everything that's evolved over the past few years has led to these increased suicide rates or depression but i i can't help but think it's definitely been a factor in the prevalence of that nowadays yeah yeah as you're saying like the statistics show an increase but like how many how did it actually measure back yeah. then nobody knows but i would agree to you, with you that a lot of the well put this way i don't think any less people are committing suicide yeah than more <laughs> in the past and um, whether there's more or not again hard to hard to measure but i think that itself that itself is a sign that if things aren't more stressful now then at least they're not any less stressful mm-hmm. than they used to be um which is probably you know, like an accurate representation um yeah. <laughs> of where we're at but with that said what do you think like are okay now i'll ask you a more difficult question <laughs> um if you were to have a kid tomorrow okay. what would be like your two or three big like grown up in today's world what would be your biggest worries for the kid oh that's a tough question that's a good question. <laughs> Should ask me this one Saturday. Gave me some time to think about it. So, <laughs> biggest concerns of raising a kid in today's world. Now, aside from like being bullied and all that, obviously yeah, okay, that's okay. unavoidable. But like for him, like the things that he's going to face in the world. One that I definitely think I'd want to drill into the kid as much as I possibly could would be. I feel like nowadays there's just such a lack or uh, such a sense of entitlement mm. from people who grow up that feel like life should be easier that. They should have things handed to them or et cetera, et cetera. Even in their generation, like there's so much of that that goes around that it disgusts me. Like if, if my child grew up like that, I feel like I failed, you know, there's so much. And like, I suppose it's this, this generation's fault. Is it the generation before who raised them? You know, like there's yeah, all this yeah. that goes into it. But I feel like as kids grow up, you, you have a choice to, ra- do you raise them to be safe or to be strong? Like, do you raise them to like, block them from all these like negatives of the world and try shield them from all that or do you expose them to some of that stuff to let them stand on their own two feet a little bit because i think you know as a parent you have to accept that if all goes to plan you're gonna die before your kids die Mm. and that means there's gonna be whatever number of years of life that your kids are gonna have to fend for themselves and stand alone and so i think raising your kids to be strong enough to be able to deal with those difficulties to not just feel entitled that everything should go their way to be able to you know suck it up and take some punches sometimes but keep going and not give up etc that would be a massive one for me to uh, do whatever i could to try and instill that because i think if a child is raised in that environment where they have that i don't think there's much that could throw them down a lot of the negative spirals that kids do tend to fall into yeah so that would be one massive one another one will be around probably like asking for help and like not feeling like you know you have to do everything alone or that you are able to you know talk about your feelings particularly for men growing up etc to feel like they can share those things they don't have to struggle alone you know life doesn't have to be all of that and it doesn't have to be you know you just struggle in silence and that's what a virtuous man is you know so does it all alone like try to reshape what that picture actually looks like for someone and so those two main things i think would be 
the biggest they'd be the main two I think that if I was to have a child now I'd want to try and still in them have you got anything that you can think of that would <laughs> add to that or even be different or opposite to it no definitely the entitlement side of things like I would hate for my child to be somebody who felt like they just deserved something because they wanted yeah. it or like they were entitled to it because they felt like they needed mm-hmm. it or whatever and obviously as a parent parent you'd have to balance that out with the I want to give my kid yeah, whatever they want yeah. but I don't want to give them so much that they think that they just deserve it in life because mm-hmm. um, like we see a lot whenever I think of those things I think like the you know those sweet my sweet 16th or whatever that was MTV yeah, programs, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. 16, 16 year olds getting like Lamborghinis and all that shit and it's like and are crying when they don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't know what we got for our 16th birthday, but it's probably like a subway. <laughs> Never, Jesus, yeah. Nah, nah. We were looked after yeah, our birthdays, we, but we loved. it wasn't a Lamborghini. <laughs> I can't attest <laughs> to that. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like, you want to do your best for your kid, but when you see kids like that, you're like, actually, I don't want to do anything yeah, for them people. Yeah. <laughs> um, as well as that respect, um, just like being polite towards yeah. people, not being an arsehole, not thinking that the world revolves around you. Mm-hmm. Um, simple things like I mean, it's not just you actually I see it a lot with older people too I remember when I used to work in a pub oh yeah like the people come in 60 said a lot of them were nice but there was some that and to, like thought they were entitled to a point as soon as they wanted one and like if you didn't drop everything you were doing to go and serve them they had a face on them right. um, there was a lot of that sense of entitlement um, which was yeah, quite yeah. irritating and made you not want to do what they do wanted that. you to do <laughs> it was counterproductive but it was there Um what else would I worry for my kid? Obviously, like social media, I'd be very anxious about letting them use it or yeah. expose them to it. Like, what's the right edge? So I don't know. I think every parent. I think it's getting younger as well. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, younger. definitely. Like, it's not. It's not really surprising to see eight or nine year olds on TikTok mm-hmm. and stuff like that nowadays. Which is, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, okay. I won't. In one sense, it's harmless because it's just a video, but. If they have like unfiltered access to everything on it, yeah, um, what sort of stuff? That, if, if you can't track that, like I know when we grew up, we were probably watching whatever CBBS or yeah, <laughs> some sort of kids program from all hours of the day. But at least it was just kids stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. The worst you'll see is Peppa getting in a fight with George on Peppa Pig. And whereas nowadays, like you could give a kid a phone, and within thirty seconds, they could be watching porn or yeah, <laughs> somebody getting stabbed or anything. Oh, like, beheading. Yeah, like it's it's scary. Um. But then at the same time, if you don't, like, if you're too restrictive and your kid's there, you get the entitlement and you get everything yeah, else. Yeah. So it's very, it's very hard to manage. And then also the whole rebellious thing, like, if, if you're too strict, your kids are just going to find ways to go, go around them, it. Yeah. So it'd be very, I don't envy anyone raising children at the moment. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely not. Difficult task, even with the best of kids. So like, yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks their kids are the best kids. <laughs> um, One thing as well, I think would actually be important um, is to, and I'm not sure how you'd go about doing it, but to kind of make your kid feel like whatever like they want to do with their life is they're like they don't have to follow this predetermined mm. route that's set out for them. Like we spoke on previous episodes about, you know, go to school, go to college, get your degree, maybe go on do a master's PhD. Like that's the typical route, let's say, to kind of let your kid know that like that's one way of doing things, but that doesn't have to be the way it goes and if you feel like there's something else you want to do it's your life you know you go explore that and do that Definitely. so I remember um, listening to Greenlight's Matthew McConaughey's book and he was talking about when I think he went to law school doing a bit of that and then realised he wanted to go to acting mm-hmm. school so he rang his dad and he was like shitting himself <laughs> trying to tell his dad that he wanted to drop out and go to acting school but he said he just you know rang up his dad and said dad I'm dropping out I'm going to acting school and his dad just said don't half ass it yeah, you know, yeah. because he heard in his in Matthew's voice that you know 
this wasn't just like a little idea he was flirting with like oh, I might drop out and try this or that like he wanted to do that and the fact that he, I think McConaughey even said that like when he heard that response from his dad it kind of just opened up so many doors for him to feel like I can go and do this you know so I think for me as well that would be one massive one um, for the kid as well yeah yeah it's like I wouldn't really care what my kid done yeah like obviously within the law yeah. <laughs> like if you wanted to be a plumber if you wanted to be a, a pilot if you wanted to I don't know, move to Antarctica and start hunting polar bears. Like, <laughs> I don't really care what they do as long as it's what they want. Like, they had the ambition of doing that and they worked towards it. Yeah. I would hate it to be a situation where they've done this just because they weren't bothered doing something else. Yeah. That would frustrate me and annoy me. But as long as they're making the effort and searching something that they think, oh, you know what, I might be into this, I'll try this out, whatever. I think that's, you know, that's all you can really ask for as a parent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I don't want to call them wasters because <laughs> there's obviously a reason why they're not striving for more looking towards something bigger but I hate seeing that especially in like 15, 16 year olds where it's like yeah whatever I don't really care yeah, fuck, yeah. Sorry, fuck this I'll do whatever job I get and then you see that translating to 30, 40 year olds who absolutely hate what they have to do on a daily basis not really impressed with their life or what they have to yeah. do and full of regret that they didn't take things seriously so no. yeah, yeah. Um, I always feel like those people are the ones who look back and say school days were the best days of your life yeah, yeah. unfortunately because yeah. you know what I mean if the best days of your lives are 15, 20 years behind you, it's a sad life. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. And to be fair, I think your dad did pretty much do that for us as well. Because he always said, you know, he's a toiler. He owns his own business. But he never said to us, you know, oh, you have to keep the family business going around. He always said he'd like to you know, have us keep going with it if we wanted to. But, like, we didn't have to do it. And he didn't care what we'd done just once we weren't, you know, sitting around the house doing yeah, nothing yeah. being... You know, claiming the doll for our sort of thing so like we kind of did have that support I suppose and each of us are doing different things mm. in our lives but you know I personally don't feel like I was forced into doing what I'm doing now do you feel no 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 like we never even had to have a conversation about like yeah like our parents never sat down sat down and were like oh you should do this or you should look at that it was more just whatever you think like if we needed advice or whatever we could talk to them and they'd give us their thoughts but it was never a do this or else yeah and I see that with a lot of families especially um, families of immigrants I find yeah, where like the yeah. parents may have came from I don't know somewhere in Africa or Pakistan or somewhere like that um, for a better life and then there's that immense pressure on the child to become a doctor or a lawyer yeah, or an engineer yeah, yeah. yeah and like you can see like I remember we had a friend in secondary school not going to name any names um, but he felt immense pressure to like he, he wasn't really interested in any of that stuff but he felt like the only way his parents would be proud of him yeah. was if he became an engineer or, or whatever it might be and you know it was sad to see that how deeply it ate away at him and then um, I don't know how he ended up to be honest but um, I don't think he's either in the tree anyways. yeah probably not unfortunately um, but yeah it's, like, thankfully we weren't in that position where we had yeah. something that we had to become just <laughs> be something yeah no, it is sad really sad to see that you know as a parent I'm um, just assuming here but assume all you want really is your child to be happy and to feel like putting yourself in that child she was in particular it's like you're willing to just sacrifice what you want from your own life just to make your parents happy you know and yeah. but imagine if his parents could feel what he feels towards that they'd instantly change that whole perception of this is what you need to do etc but again that I think that kind of does come back as well to the expectations of society today because I'm sure the reason why the parents want this, the kids to do that is because they're afraid of, you know, being judged by friends or like members of the community. Mm. Like if they say, oh, you know, all the other kids are doctors or lawyers, but Eric kid went on to be a carpenter. 
you know, yeah, uh, yeah. what the fuck is that about? You know, that way. So it is a big messy circle that ultimately just ends up hurting people, I think. Yeah, definitely. And causing friction in relationships that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in the most important ones. Like I can't picture there's a more important relationship in someone's life than the relationship with their kids. You know, yeah. I'd imagine that would be the be all and end all and think that's the one that often gets kind of most tense and sacrificed to impress other people is again it's just values that I think are misaligned or not accurately um, uncovered for people yeah and what do you find like if we go back to the original topic of is life more stressful nowadays or was it more stressful 50-60 years ago what do you think are the biggest stresses in your life at the moment my life um, well one that is definitely a stressor is trying to move out of home and trying to get your own place because obviously house prices in even that thing like house prices in Dublin at the moment are I, I can't put a direct figure on it but I know it's absolutely mental of like mm. what you need to be even qualified to get a mortgage never mind <laughs> going out and then looking at houses and yeah. trying to get one so it's very complicated that alone is like a massive stressor it's like well, am I going to be staying in mom and dad's house for the next 10 years? You know, what if I want to have a family? Do I raise kids in the attic? It's like, where, where's the outlet from there? And obviously it's a challenge that, you know, I'm sure won't hold me back from doing things in life. Or, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but it is definitely like a block in the road that I don't think was as big, you know, a number of years ago that say your yeah. parents might have had to face to get through. It's funny though, because like, the fact of it being so difficult today is a direct result of it being so easy in the past. Yeah. Because that's what caused the housing market to become this bubble that ended up bursting um, and how lenient the banks were with lending money and stuff. So it's funny how you see that sort of the less stressful situation of the past has translated into a more stressful situation yeah. of the present. Um, so housing, trying to like get your feet on the property ladder or whatever, move out of home, that's one stress. Anything else? Um, somewhat dependent on where you choose to go with life, but I think getting jobs nowadays is somewhat more difficult because of the insistence on on sorry qualifications forcefully in terms of like you know getting a university undergraduate degree back 30 years ago may have really set you apart from people whereas nowadays that's kind of like bog standard like everyone yeah. nearly has when it's no longer just a case of doing your leaving search is a, a really positive step it's like that's just you, you have to do that and then going to university and getting a degree is like if you want to have any chance of getting any job that you want, you kind of need to do that. And it's like, now the next step is like, you have to go and do a master's or at least that's the way it feels. It's like mm. you need to do a master's or you even need to go as far as doing like a PhD before you're actually able to go and get work. Yeah. And then from that, you've spent so long studying that when you go to get a job, it's like, oh, well, you know, we're looking for people with experience. It's like, how the fuck can I get qualifications yeah. and experience when, I'm, when it takes 10 years to get the first one, you know, that way. So I think that's another one that, does put a lot of stress on people is and it's stressful going through that process i'm sure but even the thought of you know um, let's say i want to be a psychologist for example or a doctor you know like the time frame to even have the qualifications to get that is five ten odd years of you know studying earning fuck all money being a student etc it's like if that's what you want to do there's like so much resistance to going into that because you know well you know i want to go and be this but at the same time i'll be earning f all money you know that will mean i'm what 30 before i'm qualified and housing prices are crazy so you know i'll be living at home for the next 10 years etc yeah, like yeah. it's, it's just it all plays into the next definitely, thing you know it definitely compounds um and again going back to how we can relate that to the past like obviously i'm not saying it was ever simple to get a job but on one particular point that's very different is back even 20 years ago you could get a permanent job 
Yeah. Like you could get a contract that gave you a job for life with a pension. Yeah. Whereas today, like you'd be very hard pressed to find and like even if you if they do exist, you have to be working in this place for 10, yeah. 15 years before they leave and entertain it. And so yeah, that's obviously like there's plenty of people out there with really good jobs, really good money on year long contracts. Yeah. And how do you set foundations, buy a house, start a family when you don't know one year to the next where they're gonna have a job or not? Um and even more so for like people like your dad who's self-employed and don't know from one week to the next what jobs yeah. they have in or don't have in. Um, and like back to the to the buying a house thing, like you need to show you have a you know solid income yeah. and that you can make repayments. Like how can you do that if you only have a contract that guarantees you a certain <laughs> amount of money for the next 12 months? You know what I mean? With a 30-year mortgage. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very, the whole system is backwards. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest stresses of growing up today is it's even more backwards now than it ever was before. Like, whatever cracks are in the system have <laughs> whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. the roof has come true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the people of, you know, grown up in today's generation are left to sort of pick up the pieces and try and make sense of all that and weave their way through whatever way they can to try and establish some sort of, you know, yeah. life that maybe in 20 or 30 years ago was a staple. Like, you moved to a house of your home once you got married and had, a, had kids. Yeah. Nowadays, there's plenty of people married with kids living at home living in box rooms yeah. or whatever emergency accommodation which is a shy situation all around for everybody mm-hmm. um, and it's really uh, not to get too political but <laughs> it's, it's a big show of the failures of our society at least to provide a decent standard, standard of living for working class people and lower middle class people because yeah. um, like if your parents are millionaires it doesn't matter where you live you'll have a nice life it's not so much a case when you're coming from a working class no. background or whatever um, but yeah it's a uh, it's a different world but it's definitely not an easier world yeah. is there anything else so property yeah. ladder well, getting a house getting a, a decent job yeah with security something that and i'd be interested to hear your um, thoughts on it as well but obviously back let's say 50 60 years ago the church obviously had such a massive role on what went on in people's lives or like that, I think the church kind of provided a roadmap for people of what life should be, you know, like, and it wasn't the way it is now with like education, job, blah, blah, blah. It was more like, okay, so you get married, then you have your kids, you get your house, you raise your kids. Like that was what the typical was. And obviously over the past 10, 20 years, there's been that kind of gradual separation between the church's influence. I think kids growing up in today's world probably have little to no Catholic exposure apart from maybe making a communion or confirmation mm. like i know some of her cousins aren't even christened mm. which like back i'm sure 30 years ago you know if you weren't christened you probably were cast <laughs> what would be the word um like kept away from everyone else or uh, uh i can't think of, i know what you mean though yeah, yeah. so like yeah something like that so um like i'm not sure shunned shunned we'll say shunned <laughs> or like even little things like remember nanny was telling us how contraception was illegal mm. you know 40 odd years ago which is like crazy nowadays to think that like i think there's some things pushing to get contraception made like free nowadays compared to just 40 years ago it was illegal and you could i'm not sure if you'd be put in jail for using it but yeah you'd certainly be a criminal if you were holding um, a pill or condoms in your locker at home you know that yeah, way yeah. and so like the impact that that would have had is obviously well you know families had massive um amounts of kids running around the house etc Whereas nowadays there's not that same influence that the church has, I think, over a general person, at least anyways. Do you feel that that has kind of taken away from people this roadmap of what life should be? And as a result of not having that 
clear path to what the next step is. It's left people in this kind of state and state of unknown of what life should be like. And is that a positive or a negative? Yeah, well, I think as you said, like being Catholic was not just common in Ireland, but was like an integral part of yeah. Irish identity. Um, like if you look at the Constitution, the Devil era, I can't remember if it was nineteen thirty-seven or in and around that area, um, and the role that the church plays within that Constitution is massive. Um, and De Valera like purposely had a vision of Ireland where you saw Ireland Irish people as first of all speaking Irish okay. not just speaking like speaking Irish on a daily basis but as well as that he wanted to see Irish people living frugally like you know not being these like super millionaires or whatever like Irish people were you know like, let's say working class farmers okay, okay. whatever lived frugally went to church like you had that very humble vision of what an Irish person should mm. be which is perhaps hypocritical considering <laughs> how much money he probably earned as Taoiseach and then as president for 20 yeah, years yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that, that was his vision. And that's what the constitution was written as. Like a lot of the things that are outlawed in the Irish constitution are outlawed on a religious basis. Like things like yeah. blasphemy, which only got removed two years ago yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously abortion, homosexual marriage, yeah. all that stuff. Um, so that has definitely changed. And while I'm not, advocating for a return to you know a catholic world yeah <laughs> there like i think catholicism or any religion unfortunately um when it plays that sort of guiding role in people's lives it often does so out of fear and out of love mm-hmm. like they don't do these things because they fear the consequences of it rather than they don't do it because they love their god so much that they would rather not upset their god yeah you know what i mean once that goes then there's obviously that vacuum left and um, both in terms of consequences but also in terms of values like okay if i'm not going to pay attention to what god says anymore who am i going to listen to yeah like who who fills that gap and and i think what we see with the youngest generation is and it's been dwindling down like your parents aren't really religious don't really care about um but i think today's generation care probably less than any generation before yeah and religion is more of a joke to them um, and which 80 90 years ago it wasn't a joke at all and and again, I'm not saying it was a good or it's a good or a bad thing that it is a joke. Just there isn't that it doesn't have that hold on them, you know. Like saying, "Oh, you'll go to hell if you do this," mm-hmm. is laughable rather than something that you make you cry, you know. Uh, and what fills that gap? Well, I don't know, but there's definitely, from what I can see, there's two sort of consequences that you notice. And I think one, unfortunately, which is quite sad, is the loss of community or that sense of community. Yeah. Like every Sunday, you go to church, you see your neighbors, whatever you talk to them you have your meetings and your annual gatherings and all that stuff, your picnics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that doesn't exist anymore, really. Like a lot of people don't know who lives around the corner from them. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because, I mean, a strong community is really the backbone of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like if you have that, if you have neighbours and friends around you who can support you, like you're not going to feel isolated, which I think a lot of people do nowadays. Yeah. And the second area you see that is in terms of, as I said earlier, values. And I'm not saying... Christian values or Catholic values are what everyone should live by or are necessarily good in themselves. But when they're gone, something has to fill that gap. And I think what we're seeing now is kids growing up with, unfortunately, like a lack of respect for all the people. Yeah. Um, they don't really, like they just want to play their video games or whatever it might be. And like, you can't blame the kids because kids are just like, yeah. if you give a kid the choice between going to church or playing <laughs> PlayStation, like nobody's taking church in that case. No. Um, and again I, I don't think you should force kids to go to church but they don't have anything else to do or at least yeah, yeah, yeah. like you you went to church on a Sunday that's the way it was nowadays you know your parents might bring you to the park but if not then play a playstation yeah. so, like, there's nothing there that you have to do 
And so that leads to well, what we see with kids nowadays, addictions to video games, phones, tablets, whatever it might be, lack of real socialising. Yeah. Like, your little brother talks to people every day, but on a headset. <laughs> like, he has very little human contact, especially now with COVID yeah, and the way yeah, things yeah. are. Um, like, and I don't know what the long-term consequences of that are. Like, is there any... My personal feeling is that there would be some of them. I'm not very positive. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Um. So, yeah, long story short, the church used to play a massive role in the lives of Irish people. That has pretty much disappeared. Mm. I'm not sure what's taken its place. But to automatically say that it's going to be better, I think, is a bit naive. Yeah. Because um, it could turn out to be a lot worse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's almost like nearly a... What would be the word? A a moral. People, I can't think of a fancy word for. It, but I think people don't know anymore what makes someone good or bad, or like what's yeah, right yeah. and what's wrong. Because obviously, the church would have set those limits for people. You know, like a good person goes to confession. A good person mm. has all these things, and like a bad person is gay, or a bad person has an abortion, etc. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. was your measure of these are good things, these are bad things, and that's massively been blown up over the past few years through <laughs> a lot of faults of the church itself with like you know pedophilia and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the mother baby home scandal yeah, things, yeah, like yeah. all of those things and like it's no wonder when that stuff comes out that people automatically wake up and say well, like who are these people to tell us what's good and bad when they're doing all of these things mm-hmm. which are well, much worse than you know what's worse raping a child or taking a pill yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's it's crazy but since that's kind of been I suppose like you said each generation kind of gets watered down a little bit now and I think we're at a point now where there is a definite lack of connection between the church and people particularly kids growing up and with that there's almost this lack of understanding as to you know what's what's good what's bad what's right what's wrong obviously there's the trivial things like don't murder someone or don't rape yeah, someone but yeah. like even little things you know throughout a day I think that for kids growing up in that environment must be stressful as well you know trying to navigate the way through a world where it's not really so set in stone in terms of what should your life path look like or what's right what's wrong what's a good person what's a bad person heaven and hell have become you know like in the past like you said people would have been you know in tears if you said oh you're going to hell whereas nowadays it's like there's nearly no acknowledgement of like the kind of finite capacity of life and like how short it is and what lies beyond and like there's so many unanswered questions for kids that it's no wonder that a lot of the time they're just left kind of scrambling around not really sure mm. what's going on yeah definitely and like just in case anybody <laughs> misinterprets like i don't give a fuck about the church like yeah yeah, mm. yeah. i think what the catholic church went to ireland was more much more negative than positive and i'm glad to see the back of it mm-hmm. but when that goes away there is that sort of vacuum yeah um and we're just sort of pondering as to what yeah. might take that place and um, like things like abortion bans and how like all that shit that's horrible like yeah and i'm glad that that's not the case in Ireland anymore um and yeah as you were saying like what like the church used to set the boundaries of what's a good person and a yeah. bad person what sets that nowadays what fills that gap like i don't think the answer is in any institution and mm-hmm. um, i think it has to be much more local yeah community based yeah um like I understand, like, even the thing about, um, like, being a European citizen and all that. Like, I get it, and it makes life easier, but, like, what does it mean to feel European? Like, how the fuck can you say, I feel European? Um, I've seen a lot of that, like, Brexit, and it's like, I'm a European citizen, and, like, I feel European, I was born Europe. Like, I I don't, like, I'm glad we're part of Europe, but I don't resonate with that. I am a European. Like, 
the thing I resonate with most, yes, being Irish, but being from Clonaughton, like yeah. that's what I feel at least anyway. Um, much more micro level. Yeah, like because I could meet somebody from Germany. Like we're both European citizens, but I feel no connection to that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so being Irish and being from Clonaughton is like what I feel most connected to. Yeah. Um, and I think that whatever fills the gap of that Catholic church has to be Irish or Clondalkin force, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it has to be more local, something that we can resonate with. And that's the same for communities across the board, you know what I mean? Like not just people in yes, Clondalkin, but yeah, I think like yeah. having that strong sense of community, that strong relationship with the people that live next to you and around mm-hmm. you. And again, not based on race or gender or religion or anything like that, just like who lives around the corner from you know, who lives next door? Yeah, who lives yeah, down the road? Yeah. Like, and how can you connect with those people? And how can you just come together to to make that sense of community where everybody belongs, everybody fits in? If you're going through tough times, they're there to support you, and equally, you're there to support them in their tough times. I think you see it a lot. Like, I remember going to the Aran Islands. Um, I'm oh, sorry, I went to Inishmore, one of the Aran Islands, and like, like they were saying, like, what was that like? I can't even. Oh, it was class. <laughs> it was class. But like, everybody knew everybody. You know what I mean? Like. The house on top of the island, the person who lived on the bottom of the island knew who it was and could probably had keys to it. You know what I mean? Like, right. if somebody died, you just knocked around to the neighbor's houses, they helped you dig the hole, you had the you put the body in, you had the ceremony. Like, there was not nobody else, like, you relied on each other. Jesus. And everybody had that. And even the roads, like, they were gas. It was like, basically, the road was big enough for one car to go down. But <laughs> whatever road was a two car street, a two car road. So, like, if somebody was coming down, you had to move out of the way. Jeez. But like, she, like the only way nowadays, nowadays where like if your car conks out, the person behind you is up your arse and yeah, conking at yeah, you. Yeah. Whereas then like you literally have to go onto a field to let a car come down so you can go back onto the road. <laughs> Nobody cares, just give you a wave and a beep and whatever. I went along with life. Do they speak um, Irish over there or English? When I was, because we're all tourists, tourists and yeah. English, but a lot of them do speak Irish more often than they really? speak okay, English, which was another thing that made it more appealing to me, <laughs> the Republican that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but like seeing that how let's say vibrant that community was like everybody knew each other on force nine basis mm-hmm. like if this person needed a hand whatever giving birth or helping the cattle um, or calving whatever it might be or yeah. picking up the vegetables like you done it it wasn't a thing like nobody felt like they had to do anything alone um, I think that is much more appealing and much more realistic than some major Catholic church institution coming in and trying to tell everybody what to do yeah. um, just having on a much more local basis and again not in a like was against them kind of thing yeah, yeah. like we're better but just this is my community this is where I belong um, and anybody who enters that community is welcome mm-hmm. I think that's a much more it's, it's worth aspiring to much more than you know God said this God said that yeah no definitely even speaking to a man from the country during the week and he was kind of talking about like you said that sense of community and he was saying that you know, back up where he lives, you could just knock into anyone's house any time of day for a cup of tea and it's like, just come in, you know, turn the kettle on, etc. Whereas up here, you know, someone knocks on your door, like, what the fuck do you it's want? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to sell me something or break in or do something, you know, that way. And I, I definitely agree with you. I think if we're going to start moving in a, a more positive direction, I think we've tried this big institution trying to run everything clearly does not work. And I think, like you said, each person taking individual responsibility for themselves and then bringing that together on a slightly bigger basis in terms of a community and having a community of people who are adhering to that same sort of standard of we're here to help each other and mm. look after each other and you know we're only as strong as our weakest member kind of like a team sort of attitude i think that's definitely a much more positive step in the right direction definitely and i think like across the board the way humans interact you can see that being part of a group is important to people yeah like even if you look at 
the most destitute people, like the poorest people in America, mm-hmm. right? More often than not, gang members. Yeah. Why? Because you want to belong. You want to be somewhere where you feel protected and like the people around you have your back. Whether that's a toxic community or not is up for discussion. But I think there's that natural inclination to be part of something to belong to a group of people. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you know, people say humans are social animals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and harps back to that. And I think what we see nowadays is people, whether or not you want to blame social media or, or other things, but their vision of what a life should be is so independent. It's like, do it alone, go by yourself, be the best you can be, da-da-da-da. And yet you get to the top of that hill and realise you're the only one there, mm-hmm. and you feel very alone at that point. Um, and I, mean, I think we've all been there. Like I've definitely isolated, isolated myself from family, from friends because I wanted to study or because I yeah, yeah. whatever wanted to try and better myself. Um, which not a bad thing in and of itself, but I think you lose sight of the bigger picture that you know, like okay, I could have everything in the world, but if I don't have the people around me that I care about and love, what good is it? Yeah, yeah, you know, completely. I mean, even look at the most successful people, like you know, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, like it's easy to look at those people and think, ah, oh, you know, I'd love to be that, you know, rich, you know, doing it themselves, etc. But they didn't do it themselves. They have teams of hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, Elon Musk works for SpaceX. I don't think he has anything in his background got to do with <laughs> astronomy or he just puts teams together that do things well. And I think that's where the real sort of value in life lies. Like you said, look around a playground as a kid growing up and then look around the schoolyard of mom and dad dropping their kids off. It's groups, you know, not, it's the person who's standing there by themselves who everyone looks at and kind mm. of, you know, outcasts. Everyone at some level, I think, has that need or that want to be part of something bigger than just one person. And I feel like, particularly with the likes of social media, because everyone is an individual on social media, yeah, yeah. it's easy to look at one person and think that that one person's life is, you know, something that they made for themselves, by themselves. And we get caught up in this idea of needing to do it all by ourselves. Like, I know personally, I've been in that situation similar to yourself of, isolate myself whether it's with you know even let's say doing group projects in college you know would be instantly kind of skeptical of other group members being like oh fuck i'd rather do this myself and yeah, yeah. etc you know and then there's only like from a completely egotistical point of like just thinking i was better than them and it's only when i kind of let me guard down and let other people do things you realize they're actually better at this than i am or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they bring more to the table than i can yeah, do yeah. by myself etc and when you realize that and see the power that lies in having people around you to help as opposed to trying to do it all alone which i think a lot of us in younger people in today's world feel like it needs to be i think life gets a whole lot easier definitely definitely because i think we're kind of we convince ourselves that if we work hard enough we will have an easy life yeah yeah only to get there and realize yeah we have the money we have the cars whatever but life's not any easier <laughs> like i cannot manage all this shit by myself yeah um and it's very i think it's much easier to have the people around you and strive towards that stuff and to get than it is to have all that stuff I want to have good people around mm-hmm. like because once you get to a certain level of wealth or whatever I think you start to attract the wrong kind of people into your life yes. the people who just want to bum off you and whatever whereas when you have nothing and you still have people around you who are there to support you help you love you like I think it shows that it's genuine mm-hmm. and that you know they love you not because of anything you have or just because you're there and you're part of their life I think if everybody belonged to a community that had that sort of level of love and respect towards each other I think a lot of the issues that we face in today's world would be not eradicated, but significantly reduced. Like even things like theft and all yeah, that stuff. Like yeah. if you had somebody there to feed you, to look after you, like, you wouldn't need to rob. You wouldn't need to threaten people, hurt people, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's only when people start desiring more and getting greedy and whatever, yeah, feeling yeah. isolated and that they're on their own that they turn to those things. 
Yeah, for sure. Because uh, even recently enough, there was that case over in England of remember that girl Sarah. Everybody yeah, knows yeah. Her name was. Um, I'm not sure what's happened since that, but she was like kidnapped, and um, I'm not sure whether she was sexually assaulted or. Uh, but basically, her body was found murdered, and the suspicion was that she was taken by, I think, it was a police officer actually, a male. And there was like loads of stuff going around about, you know, asking how do we stop men from doing this, or how do we like, stop someone from doing that? And like, <laughs> I don't know how you'd answer that question. How do you stop someone? But clearly, what has been tried, you know, along the lines of, you know, having the Catholic Church, for example, saying this is the right thing, like th- these are bad things, don't do this, don't do that. Like, imagine having a community of people holding themselves to a standard. I'd imagine that would be a much more progressive way of eradicating that sort of behavior. You know, even think back to the olden days, and I'm not saying this is what I think should happen, but you know, if someone committed even a small crime, they'd be punished in public or you know, hanged in public, yeah, or all yeah. the, you know, that way. But it was a community of people holding themselves to this standard and determining this is acceptable and this is not. And anyone who doesn't do that is going to be punished for it. I think that would be a massive way to eradicate or at least limit the amount of that sort of horrible behavior that happens in the world. Mm, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so choose that the hour mark. <laughs> we got a lot of that. Yeah, it went on a few different ta- tangents. On <laughs> Still no answer to the question. <laughs> that's not the point. No, but it would be interesting if, if you listened along to this and you've got any thoughts yourself, um, regardless of what generation you grew up in, um, please feel free to reach out and drop us a message or um, comment underneath this post when we release the podcast and let us know your thoughts or anything you take from it because I don't, I don't think there is an answer to the question of is it more stressful in today's world or previous generations growing up but I think the more perspectives we can get on it will be a very interesting conversation to have at least. Definitely. I think like regardless of where you stand on it the older generation has something to learn from the younger and the younger has yeah. a lot to learn from the older so the more dialogue that happens between the two I think the better it will be for all sides. Um, but yeah I think <laughs> we spend a lot of time in today's world asking for more dialogue and we don't see enough of it so no. hopefully we can start some conversations indeed indeed so yeah we leave it there yeah we wrap it up there cool you want to do the honours so thank you very much for listening to today's episode guys a little bit shorter than usual but it's quite action packed I don't think there was many <laughs> stops we got uh, carried away on a few different breaths but I think it was all somewhat related to the question and we hope like I said you enjoyed listening to this one and all the previous ones we have done with our podcast you may be aware that we release a daily podcast called the Two Heads Development Daily Dose which is released at half eight every morning Monday to Friday just to give you a little five minute four or five minute kickstart to your day to get you in the right mindset to do whatever it is that needs to be done that day so do check that out we hope you enjoy listening to this and we will be back again very soon with the next episode